Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. At about 8.15 in the evening on February 19th, 1994, paramedics wheeled a young woman into the emergency room of the General Hospital in the Southern California city of Riverside. They shot through the two sets of double glass doors, feared to the left, and parked her in a small curtain space marked Trauma Room 1. The woman, clad in shorts and a t-shirt, was awake, but she responded to questions with only brief and sometimes incoherent utterances. She was taking shallow, rapid breaths. Her heart was beating too rapidly to allow its chambers to fill before they pumped, so her blood pressure was plummeting. The only thing unusual about her was her age, recalls Maureen Welch, a respiratory therapist who was assisting in the trauma room that night. Most patients who show up in an emergency room with symptoms such as this are elderly people, she said. This woman, however, was only 31 years old. Her name was Gloria Ramirez. Stay tuned to hear about her story on The Reluctant Historian. What's up, everybody? I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history... Or you absolutely hate it. This podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. Okay, Coda, what do you think we're talking about today? I think we're going into a deep dive of medical dramas on TV. I think we're going to talk about a bit about ER, but <laughs> with a heavy focus on Grey's Anatomy, because mm. that's still current, apparently. Uh, yeah, 21 years later. 21? Yeah. 20. I'm not How many sure. seasons are they on? A lot. I don't know. But they did a COVID season. <laughs> yeah, and that was a couple seasons ago. Yeah. Now, is yeah. It, did she leave the show? Wasn't I think that a she thing? finally just said she was going to. Okay. But it's still like there's not a, the, I don't think there's an end end planned yet. I have no idea. God, I don't know. But uh, I would love if we were talking about the history of medical dramas, <laughs> but I'm going to guess not. No. And no. also, maybe you're trying to scare me because I'm 31 years old. Am I? Are you 31? You're not 30? <laughs> Sorry, how old are you? <laughs> Oh my. Uh, how, yeah, how old are you? I was going to ask. I don't know. 40. <laughs> I always forget. Uh, close. You're 37 and Thank I'm you. 31. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so am I Gloria Ramirez? Perhaps. Perhaps. Hmm. Well, actually, so yeah, this week we're talking about the death of a woman who was named Gloria Ramirez. Uh, she dies? Yeah. She's also known Spoilers. as the toxic lady, which oh. when you get into her story is a little bit dehumanizing, but... Um, speaking of Grey's Anatomy, her episode or her story actually did uh, inspire an episode of theirs. Well, that's fair. They, allegedly. Al- allegedly. I couldn't confirm it. <laughs> sorry. What? You couldn't confirm that? No, but the story is pretty similar. Okay. I sorry. I stopped reading. You said, it, so you, I had to you, read the rest you of say it. allegedly like you uh, <laughs> like she, like she like, like she she got me tooed and she like she allegedly did those things. That's you right. know. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So spoilers she dies yes okay yes that should hook people yes mm. 
yeah. So, um, what's your golden nugget? Did I already talk about Zelda? <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I didn't. Or maybe you. No, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I, for, I that was gonna be go, my golden nugget. Then I was like, I might have talked about this a couple weeks ago. Eh. But whatever. I'm still playing Zelda, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I have all of my Zelda toys just laying on the couch willy nilly, <laughs> uh, because I get to put if I put the item and put the toy on the controller, I get a bunch of items. I got lots of fish. Uh, and I get to cook in it. And I get cool weapons and shit. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. It's Me and good my game. toys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like just fucking. That's. Well, I'm learning that as an adult. Now this might I might just be me talking without taking my medication today because I only have one left and I need that for tomorrow to focus during work. Mm-hmm. And also, I ca- I called the pharmacy like just the automated voice system. The automated voice system didn't pick up. Like, were they busy? Well, the, I called them too earlier today, but I didn't talk to the automated people. I talked to the real human. Well, that's but it, but that's what it puts you to. No. When when I called my pill bottle. Oh yeah, I didn't do that. I just bypass all that and talk to a real person. Okay, well, I dialed the the number of my pill bottle, and it just went. It, it just left me on R and R, as the kids rude. say. Yeah. So rude. Yeah. So, anyways, um, but like. Yeah, playing like I just want to spend all my time playing Zelda. But as an adult with responsibilities, I can't do that, mm-hmm. and that sucks. Mm-hmm. So it's true. There's my golden nugget and a lump of coal. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, just that's so that's, down now. I have responsibilities. <laughs> oh God. Mm. Okay, what's your golden nugget? Uh, we finished the deck. It's yeah. all done. We can sit on it. It's lovely. I quite like it. Although it's been like really weirdly hot and muggy uh climate change is a thing and so um yours is a golden nugget and a lump of coal as well (laughs) so it's not been like super pleasant sitting out there yeah it's like so hot no for sure but we're south facing so but when we have sat on it it is beautiful absolutely you know yeah it's uh that um umbrella you bought was a really good idea because it's uh is nice blocks out the sun absolutely yeah it's really nice so it's beautiful deck like um Everybody Nick did a did an amazing job mm-hmm. on it. So um, yeah, it's a really nice deck. Mm-hmm. Yep, I got a, I I I, tell, I go around telling people uh, I've got a huge deck. Yeah, it's and, twelve by sixteen. Yeah, that's it's huge. <laughs> and and I I am very proud of my joke I did on Instagram. Yes. Uh, which I posted the deck and I said, "Here's my unsolicited deck pick." Did we post it on the Reluctant to Story? Well, no, I don't want to give them my unsolicited deck pick. <laughs> That's fair. I don't That's think fair. I did. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, so we have news. <laughs> you say that like it's exciting. <laughs> I know. I Yeah. I haven't written anything for this. So this is all going to be off script. So. Oh, this is going to go off the rails. Then, <laughs> yes. So um, our time here at the Reluctant Historian is coming to a close. So. I'm dying. No. Stop it. Um, after, don't even call that into existence. After, like, so Koda and I have been talking about this for a while with this season three and um, how we just keep getting busier and busier and busier and um, looking forward to the future, realizing that, you know, I'm going back to school to do my master's. I'm teaching summer school. Did you talk about that you were accepted? I don't think I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were accepted into your master's. Yes. So so I'm going to be doing that. Um, And then I'll be teaching face to face in September as well. And I'll have an intern and... I just, we don't, 
have the time to give to the podcast anymore. So. And as I stated, I want to be playing Zelda all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Liz has stuff going on. And you could say <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been a reluctant historian the whole time. So that's true. Yeah. That's but... true. And, and but, but truthfully, I mean, I am uh, on my side. I'm working an insane amount, like just between my main job and then my, um, I still work casually um, at my other job. And now I, I, I'm going to be going back to do donate plasma a couple times a week, not because I'm a good person, because I, um, they pay me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know, it was, you know, during the pandemic when we had less on our plates, it was a lot of fun and it really scratched that need for me to be able to, do research and teach people um, mm-hmm. about things that I was passionate about. But yeah. it's just, and, and like really mixed emotions. Cause I do feel really sad and I, I don't want to not do the podcast, but just realizing that, you know, when you have a million things up in the air, you have to let some things go to have a healthy work life balance. And this is one of the it's, it's, things, unfortunately, that we've decided we'll have to let go it's not you it's us (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i will not miss the editing though i will say that i am so thankful that i won't have to do i've got two more episodes so this one and the next one that we record um to edit and that is not a thing i'm going to miss yeah and is that one are we doing that one in two weeks or is that yeah yeah so our last episode will be on what is the date the 24th yeah yeah so june 24th mark your calendars it is going to be our final episode yeah um so we'd love to hear from you folks um we've got some real long time listeners so it'd be really cool if we could um shout you out so if you have anything you want us to say on that last episode or anything you want us to know i'll actually check the instagram messages (laughs) this time i swear i'm (laughs) i've been really slacking for the past i don't know Six months at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, you agree? What are you trying to say? Well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. We've been busy. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll go into more of a, uh, you know, deep dive into the episode or into our, you know, the three years that we've been doing this. Three uh, years? That's crazy. It is. Yeah. And but... we'll, yeah. And so next week, let's really do a deep dive into the three years and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, so yeah um but thank you for coming along with us on this journey i'll say it again next week too all right let's get into the toxic lady okay all right so gloria ramirez was a woman from riverside california who was suffering from late stage cervical cancer she had two children uh, and she was known as a friend to everyone that she met and a joker who brought joy to others her story begins with the emergency department visit i told you about at the beginning of the episode Ramirez was suffering from severe heart palpitations and was brought into the emergency room by paramedics and was presenting as extremely confused, suffering from tachycardia, which is a heart rate that exceeds the normal resting rate, a drop in blood pressure, and trouble breathing. The medical staff injected her with a myriad of drugs, including diazepam, midazolam, and lorazepam, to sedate Mm. her. When it became clear that Ramirez was responding poorly to treatment, the staff tried to defibrillate her heart. At this point, several people noted that they could see an oily sheen covering her body, and some noticed a fruity, garlic-like odor that they thought was coming from her mouth. Ew, fruity garlic. Hmm. Yeah. Is this a sex thing? 
Is this a fucking sex cult she was at? No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced by your no. Okay. The nurse helping her, Susan Kane, drew blood from Ramirez's arm. And as she did, she noticed an ammonia-like smell coming from the tube. So kind of bleachy. Oh. She passed the tube to medical resident Julie Gorchinsky, who upon inspection of the blood noticed manila-colored particles floating in the tube. She and Kane agreed that something was not right with Ramirez, and it didn't have anything to do with heart failure. Kane then leaned closer to the dying woman to try and trace the odor's source. Others also inspected the blood in the tube, noting the smell from the blood, the patient's mouth, and the colored particles. But before more tests could be run, Kane, the nurse, fainted and had to be removed from the room. Hmm. Upon awakening, Kane stated that her face was burning. Shortly thereafter, Gorchinsky also began to feel nauseated and stated that she was feeling lightheaded. She left the trauma room and sat at a nurse's desk. A staff member came up to ask if she was okay, but before she could even respond, she also fainted. While unconscious, she would shake intermittently, and over and over again, she would stop breathing for several seconds, take a few breaths, and then stop breathing again. Huh. So, this is this like a freaking... Uh, so, she's just super contagious, and she's just turning all these women to, into fainting goats? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah, let's find out. Then, the respiratory therapist, Maureen Welch, who was also assisting in the trauma room at that time, passed out. Welch describes hearing someone scream, and then when she woke up, she could not control the, mov- the movements of her limbs. So immediately after this third person fainted, the staff was ordered to evacuate all emergency department patients to the parking lot outside of the hospital because they were like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. This woman come in, she smells like fruit, garlic, has weird stuff in her blood, and people treating her are passing out. Mm-hmm. A skeleton crew remained behind in order to try and save Mar- Ramirez's life. However, her blood pressure continued to drop and her pulse grew fainter and fainter. And at 8.50, after 45 minutes of CPR and defibrillation, she was pronounced dead. Hmm. Outside, Ramirez. Yeah. Outside in the parking lot, the hospital staff were treating patients and ill colleagues. Worried that the staff had been felled by a noxious chemical, they were stripped down to their underwear and their clothes were bundled into plastic bags. Gorchinsky continued to experience tremors and breathing problems. Kane flailed her arms and kicked and her face still burned. Meanwhile, another colleague, Sally Balderas, a nurse who had gone back inside to help take Ramirez's body to the isolation bay, began retching and felt a burning sensation on her skin. Soon, she too was in such bad shape that she had to be moved to a gurney. In all, 23 of the 37 emergency room staff members experienced at least one symptom. Five were hospitalized for the rest of the night. Balderas endured breathing problems during a 10-day hospitalization. Gorchinsky, who was the most severely ill, spent two weeks in the ICU. Okay, are, uh, tell me now, is this something, do we know the answer by the end of this, or is this a fucking mystery again? Oh, by the look on your face, it's a, we don't fucking know, do we? So there is a very plausible scientific explanation for what has happened, but they can't definitively prove it. You're sleeping on the couch tonight. You're sleeping on the couch tonight! You would never make me sleep on the couch. You uh, uh, you can't sleep without me in the bed. So <laughs> That's not true. I've gotten nope, very good nope, at it. No, nope, you... Just turn on Family Guy and... <laughs> Fine. I'm going to turn you into a fainting goat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're fucking laughing. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's funny. I... Fainting goats are funny. F- fainting goats are nothing are to people. laugh about. And are my people. <laughs> this is stupid. 
God, the goddamn disrespect I get <laughs> on this podcast. So it was clear that something to do with Ramirez and her body was causing the illness among the doctors and patients. In order to handle the body, a special investigative team arrived in hazmat suits. The team searched the ER for any signs of poison gas, toxins, or any other foreign substances. However, the hazmat team couldn't find anything that would suggest why the medical staff had fainted. The hazmat team was now tasked with a more daunting task, performing an autopsy on Ramirez without a clue as to what her body was harboring. Again, taking no chances, the team put on airtight suits and went into a sealed examining chamber to work on the body. Is this alien? <laughs> they emerged 90 minutes later with samples of blood and tissue, along with air from the body bag and an aluminum crate to hold the body. This was the first of three autopsies, and the results of this one remained tight-lipped. So we don't really know what they discovered in this. But as I'm rereading this... I love that. Well, it doesn't really matter, because the other two autopsies will give you more information. But as I'm rereading this, I'm like, I wonder... they Maybe thought that she had, like, radiation poisoning. Because I was like, what Mm. would you... What would get somebody so sick that they would infect other people with just their body? Yeah. But radiation would work that way. Okay. Yeah. Because they would... It would be coming off of them, but like they wouldn't have known how she would have gotten. But mm-hmm. that's not what happened. It wasn't radiation poisoning. Hmm. But that's just a. That's just what I was thinking. Yeah. The press went on to call Ramirez the toxic lady because no one could get near the body without facing a multitude of medical problems. But no one could point to a definitive cause for these medical problems so shortly after her death. The media theorized that her body was releasing toxic fumes, which was causing the illness in the people who were treating her. So. The hospital was tasked with trying to figure out what actually had happened. Mm-hmm. The Riverside Coroner's Office then contacted Lawrence Livermore National Library to investigate the incident, and they performed more autopsies. So the first one was the hazmat people that I already talked about. Then they did another one six days after her death and another one six weeks after her death, uh, right before her burial. The Livermore scientists discovered that there were signs of Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and Tygan in her system. Tygan is an anti-nausea medication that breaks down into amines in the body, and amines are related to ammonia, which could have explained the ammonia smell in Ramirez's blood sample. But more importantly, the toxicology report said that Ramirez did indeed have large amounts of something called DMSO in her blood and tissues. DMSO is broken down by the liver and has a half-life in the body of less than three days, so healthy people generally don't have uh, measurable amounts, but... In Ramirez's blood and tissues, there was a hefty concentration of tens of micrograms per milliliter, which is about three times higher than the codeine in the samples. So this was a mystery item in the autopsy that they didn't know what it was. They, they had no idea what this, what the thing that they found so, was? Yeah. So I'm realizing as I'm reading this, I yeah. don't know what I did with... There was another paragraph that explained what this DMSO is, and I just mm-hmm. apparently deleted it. But I... So DMSO is a chemical okay. that... Um, does exist naturally but also can be introduced unnaturally in different ways Mm -hmm. um it's not super toxic and it breaks down in your body pretty quickly um but her body had way more than should be normal okay um for what they were expecting and so they were like well this is weird this shouldn't be here in this high Mm -hmm. of a concentration what when did this take place roughly like what 1994 okay so i can't be held accountable for what happened why would you be accountable? i have a, i have a what is it called i have an alibi you do i was two you were two years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well shit yeah so 
the problem with that, with the high concentration of this DMSO chemical in her body, is that it wouldn't necessarily knock out an entire emergency room. So the people who got really sick mm-hmm. from treating her, that wouldn't happen based on this chemical. So they were like, well, that doesn't make oh. sense. So even though it's weird and it shouldn't be in her body, yeah. it wouldn't cause people to faint and pass out and have a, like weird twitches or your skin yeah. would feel like it was burning. It's like when they find a gerbil in a person's butt. It's like, they're like... <laughs> Well, that shouldn't be there, but, you Yeah, know, it's just like that. It's yeah. like, it's very, they're very similar situations. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they, if they took also, they're just like super running out of ideas on Grace Anatomy. <laughs> I think so, they've done a gerbil butt episode. I'm Jesus sure. Christ, of course. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I mean, it could be. I know. No, but I know they probably have. have. I yeah. Mean, I feel like, so my friend Becky is a very avid watcher of Grace. So maybe she could answer that for us. Did kay. they do a butt gerbil? <laughs> so okay well no what we're doing right now is we're fucking doing one of my one of my famous google searches great this is what i'm famous for right google searching. let's see um did crazy gerbil in butt crazy anatomy on crazy anatomy <laughs> just stops there <laughs> i just i just click enter by accident I'm like oh god what have i seen okay let's see um uh episode uh gut feeling let's see mm, patient is passed by matchmaking in the trunk patient gives them a medical hold on okay this episode came up so i wonder if this episode is about that um i don't know i i, I i'm just gonna assume that this one is about that because it doesn't specifically say okay but gut feeling i feel like I feel like it's probably about a gerbil in a butt. Okay, continue. That's true, yeah. So, okay, so the DMSO uh, wouldn't knock out an emergency room. Um, so the final conclusion at that second autopsy was that there wasn't any sort of, like, toxicity or poison in her that would have been uh, making people sick. Mm-hmm. So the hospital was hoping that they would find a smoking gun uh, to indicate that there were, in fact, fumes that would have knocked out the emergency room. This smoking gun shouldn't be in her butt. <laughs> But the report insisted that it appeared Ramirez had simply taken a lot of codeine and Tylenol, uh, which in large sustained doses can damage the liver. So, again, doesn't say why did all these people pass out. So with that, the Riverside coroner's office felt that it had reached the end of the road with its conclusion. And at a press release to reveal the autopsy results, it was stated that Ramirez had died from cardiac dysrhythmia triggered by kidney failure stemming from her cervical cancer. Thus, this was the end of the investigation into her death according to the coroner's office. However, they still weren't satisfied with like what had happened to everybody else um, and the illnesses that were linked to Ramirez and the hospital workers. So they called in the California's Department of Health and Human Services, which put two of its top scientists on the case, doctors Anna Maria Sorio and Kirsten Waller. These two doctors interviewed 34 hospital staff who had been working in the emergency department on February 19th, the night that Ramirez was admitted. Using a standardized questionnaire, Osorio and Waller found that the people who had developed the most severe symptoms, such as a loss of consciousness, shortness of breath, and muscle spasms, tended to have a few things in common. They were people who had worked within two feet of Ramirez and had handled her intravenous lines. However, there were other factors that did not correlate with severe symptoms uh, that did not match a scenario in which fumes had been released. The survey found that those who had been afflicted tended to be women rather than men, as well as people who had skipped dinner that evening rather than those who had a full stomach. And they all had normal blood tests after the exposure. So they were like, there's nothing really in your body to suggest that you should get sick. Hmm. 
Based on all of this evidence, the scientists concluded that the event had been caused by mass hysteria. They did <laughs> oh, okay, mass hysteria. I was going to be like, they just like... The guys who were doing the, the all this test were just misogynists, and they're like, I chalk it up to to women, am I right? Basically, you're making a joke, but literally, because they were like, well... Oh, no shit, really? Yeah, because, oh, they were like, yeah oh. because they were like, well, it was only women who fainted, so women are hysterical, so obviously, that's what it was. Must have been the, the, the period, right? Yeah. It Which must is... have sunk up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting, because they're both women doctors. Oh. But, I mean, that's not to say that women can't have internalized misogyny anyways. So, um, yeah. but anyways, so they think that it was mass hysteria caused by an odor. In other words, that the people who had gotten sick had been felled by stress and anxiety. In support for this theory, Osorio and Waller cited a lack of evidence for the poison, the fact that it was women who were more likely to suffer severe symptoms. And in addition, they pointed out the paramedic who had treated Ramirez in the ambulance did not become ill despite having been in close quarters with her and having touched her skin and some of her blood when starting an IV line. Hmm. So they were like, and he was a dude. So what? yeah, a dude. Yeah. However, one of the sick people did not agree with this. Uh-huh. So the one that had gotten the sickest, she heavily uh-huh. denied that she had been affected by hysteria, pointing to her own medical history following being exposed to Ramirez. She noted that she spent two weeks in the ICU which is like, if you're hysterical, two weeks, come on, Uh, suffering from breathing problems. And she also developed hepatitis. Like, how do you, how does your brain just be like, you know what, now we're going to have hepatitis. And finally, um, avascular necrosis in her knees, which is the death of bone tissue due to an interruption of the blood supply. So like, yes, the brain is amazing, but I don't think that the brain can be like, I'm going to give myself hepatitis and make my knees die. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah. Yeah. So she, Gorchinsky, was like, nah, fam, there's something more going in. So mm-hmm. she actually takes this uh, to the Livermore Hospital. So these were the people that had originally started the investigation. Mm-hmm. And she says, something weird is going on. Like, can you please look at these tests again? Because this doesn't make sense, especially yeah. how sick I was. So in the Livermore scientists' reports, mm-hmm. back to the DMSO chemical Mm -hmm. um they did have a hypothesis around that and it wasn't that that they were hysterical the livermore scientists hypothesized that ramira had been using dimethyl sulfoxide which is a solvent used as a powerful degreaser as a home remedy for pain people who use this substance reported that it has a garlic-like taste and was sold in a gel form at hardware stores which would explain the greasy sheen on ramirez's body oh wait so she just rubbed it on herself yes because she had cervical cancer and so she was in pain yeah and so they're hypothesizing that she was putting this like chemical this degreasing chemical onto her body to stop the pain yeah like you know rub a35 or you know degreaser yeah they're (laughs) they both can work they can do both yeah exactly Because, in fact, actually, DMSO, this chemical, had Mm -hmm. been used as a cure-all substance in the 60s. Um, Doctors thought that it could be used to relieve pain and reduce anxiety. Athletes would even rub rub DMSO cream on their skin to try and relieve the aches in their muscles. So it's not uncommon that in the past they would have used this. Mm -hmm. Um, This they were doing without the understanding that DMSO was actually a toxic substance. Uh. Um, In one study, it found that mice... In mice, it would ruin their eyesight. Oh. Yeah. Three-line mice. That's where they come from. Absolutely. 
In the 70s, DMSO gained a more underground following as alternative medicine for many types of ailments. But the only way to get it was as a degreaser in hardware stores. Um, one of these alternative medications, um, people were saying, oh, you can use DMSO as a way to cure cancer even. So I was ah. like, maybe she was using it for that way too. Could being be. like, you know, oh, I've heard that this cures cancer. So mm -hmm. even though the FDA was like, nah, fam, it doesn't do that. Stop yeah. rubbing it on your body. People do some weird shit. I mean, look at the horse tranquilizers. People are like, this cures COVID. That's... It's true. That's true. So the DMSO found in degreasers is about 99% pure mm -hmm. as opposed to the less concentrated form in the muscle creams that were around in the 60s. So if Ramirez had actually been putting that onto her body, um, it would have been like almost a pure chemical substance. Oh. So it's interesting because this chemical has some weird reactions mm -hmm. when you do certain things to it, which when you were asking, oh, is there an actual answer to this? Yes, but also no, because they can't fully prove these things, but they did these tests. Um, and so the symptoms that we see in Ramirez can be proved by the tests that these people did. But again, they can't really necessarily prove it in the exact same situation that Ramirez was in. So I'll right. tell you what happened. Okay. So what Livermore scientists think happened was that when she was treated by the paramedics, she received oxygen, which would have combined with the DMSO to form dimethyl sulfone, mm -hmm. which is a similar chemical that is known to crystallize at room temperature, which would account for the manila-colored particles in her blood. So that's the first thing. So that's why the paramedic wouldn't have gotten sick, because he was the one that gave her oxygen, mm -hmm. which caused the chemical reaction to make those weird particles in her body. Right. Then, when her heart starts to fail, they give her defibrillation, which is electrical shocks. So these electrical shocks could have then turned the dimethyl sulfone into dimethyl sulfate, which is actually highly toxic. Okay. And it would have caused all of those reported symptoms in the emergency department staff. So, like I said, I didn't I summarized this. It, yeah. The article that I read was fascinating. Um, but it was like a four-page article about uh -huh. all the science reactions and everything. So I yeah. tried to summarize it for you as easily as I could. I'm getting very excited. So I, I they did all the tests and they were like, yes, this creates this very toxic chemical. And so that would have been seeping out of her body. And then the people who were exposed to it would have gotten very sick if that was in fact what had happened. But yeah. they're not 100% sure that they can prove that because they didn't find the dimethyl sulfate in her body. They just found the DMSO stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, so the Livermore scientists did run a variety of tests and to see if the hypothesis could be proved, which it could, but they could not confirm if that was what in fact had happened, like I just said. Um, so they did write some peer-reviewed journals, which state that there were some weaknesses that exist with the story. It is, however, the most scientific explanation to date. I do like science. Yeah. So Dakota, what do you think? Well, well, first I'll say that, you know, it is, it's crazy what, like, the combination of just different chemicals and different, like, um, whatever substances, whatever you want to call it, can create, like, different shit that um, I know, like, my one of my old roommates thought they accidentally created mustard gas in the toilet oh. at one, one point. <laughs> right, I remember the story. Yeah, because they put chicken bones down the, down the toilet. Wait, so. how did chicken bones make mustard gas? No, I was and like, also why were they putting like that? Like, I know, I know. We'll move past that that <laughs> that part. But no, they were like looked up like how to get them down there or something like that. And some said something about dish soap and uh, this other thing that they put in in the toilet. But then they looked and they're like, oh, if dish soap is combined with this, it can create mustard gas. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, science and chemistry. Totally. Yeah. It's a it's a hell of a thing. It's so a hell of a drug. <laughs> yes uh so 
yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was all right. I um, I find it the, the hysteria answer like that they were given at first. I think is is like it's like oh we don't know what this is. Here's the let's just throw this in there. This is this is probably what it was. Mm-hmm. We can't explain this, so hysteria. Women be women. <laughs> like yeah, that's stupid shit. So um. So yeah, your your answer, I I it's not as it's not as uh as open ended as you thought I it was expected, be, yeah. which is good. Thank you. I I it likely as the things you said it was, yeah. you know. So I'm not I'm not as dissatisfied by that as I thought I would You're be. You're welcome. Yeah, because I said thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, but 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 it, it's so it wasn't like. I was like enthralled, I mm. guess, the whole time. So I'm gonna give this a six point five fainting hysterical goats out of ten. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I thought that I liked this episode. I was very interested in it when I was doing the research. But good. Yeah, I know. I was like, I didn't necessarily know that this was gonna be our last episode. I would have tried to find like something this that isn't our, last our second last episode. <laughs> I would have tried like our last one with research. I would have tried to find something that was that would because you know like the historical yeah. facts or whatever you like those episodes. Right. But well, that's a good question. I mean, we don't even know what we're doing for our last episode, do we? But we're gonna talk about the whole three years. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. I mean, there might be something you could throw some sure. facts in there, I like could some do really yeah. badass ones. Sure. Or, really like what yeah or Or if anybody wants to send us some badass historical facts yeah in in point form though i don't (laughs) i don't want long shit no that's fair that's fair uh so but um cool well that's all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed what we had to say please well you don't need to keep telling about us i mean you can tell people about us if you want to and be like this was a cool podcast that used to be on yeah. but and then isn't say, on anymore you can say <laughs> so, you can say they did their they did their best work in season two they- <laughs> actually season two was really good yeah. i would say that was our best yeah yeah uh- <laughs> but um i guess we don't really have to say our regular outro so here i'll make up an intro outro right now okay uh uh, if you, if you enjoyed what you like to hear, wait wait oh wait let me try again okay, uh, th- thanks for listening y'all y'all okay, <laughs> uh, man I should have a script like you always yeah, have a script yeah you should you need uh, one you, uh, if you liked what you heard you can uh, uh, listen to our season two because it was a lot better <laughs> and, and, and season one was good yeah I know for sure but I feel like season two was just banger after it was a banger. banger it really was yeah. Um, and then, uh, then I just we just turned into hacks. So, yeah, well, yeah. This is a terrible outro. So, so we'll for s- for the last for the last episode, just uh, you can feel free to s- Instagram us uh, with, and then you you know if you have any thoughts or whatever like that, and and uh, and if nobody writes in, I'm I'm definitely just gonna say too many people wrote in for me to even even <laughs> even say one of them so i'm sorry i don't want to pick favorites so i can't even talk about anybody that wrote in okay yeah and i'm going to be a little bit of a teacher here and say that if you do want to write in you have until june 18th to get that to us because um our last episode will actually be on the 21st why what did i say 24 you did oh the fuck did i say that I don't know. 
our, our episodes don't come out on for on fucking <laughs> Saturdays. Well, no. Oh, we record. We record on Saturdays or Sundays. Whatever. It's gonna be on twenty first. Yes. So get your stuff to us by the eighteenth. Um, if it's later than that, we'll have already recorded. So. And if you use Chat GPT to write your you comments, will get a zero on it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we'll see you in two weeks, same time, same place. And if you're gonna put a gerbil in your butt, just be safe, okay? <laughs> Double wrap it with two condoms. Okay, there we go. Stop it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.